You are listening to the 751 Podcast. My name is Carter Laren. As I'm sure you've heard by now, on Tuesday, July 5th, FBI Director James Comey issued a statement and held a press conference regarding Hillary Clinton's handling of classified information during her tenure as Secretary of State. Now, for much of my career, I was an expert in cryptography and security. I held a top-secret clearance with the U.S. government and built secure communications equipment that was designed to handle classified government information. So I know a little bit more than the average bear about handling classified information. First, let's go over some of the basics for handling classified information in general. First of all, even low-level engineers are given extensive training regarding the handling of classified information. For example, you're required to keep all classified information only on approved systems. You can't take a piece of information home to work on it. You can't even bring an outside device into a classified area without forfeiting it. For example, if you mistakenly bring your cell phone into a top-secret facility, the phone stays there forever. Too bad for you. You can't take it back out. It's too risky. Now, when you're given access to classified information, you understand and agree that it's your responsibility to protect it. Violation of your obligation does not depend on your intent. If you mistakenly mishandle information, maybe you accidentally stick a piece of paper with classified information into your bag on your way home or something, you're in breach of your obligation to protect that information and you can face criminal charges for your negligence. In fact, when you first get your clearance, you sign an agreement and are warned of the consequences of mishandling classified information in no uncertain terms. And countless people have gone to jail for violating that agreement, either intentionally or through negligence. There's one other important point to make here regarding classified information. Normally, when information is classified, it's clearly marked as such. So typically, the term is confidential or secret or top secret, depending on the level of classification. However, sometimes in the course of normal work, you generate classified information yourself, either derived from other classified information or from scratch. If you're an engineer designing a new system, for example, you're expected to know that new information you generate is also classified as part of an overall classified project. Eventually, the owning agency determines the classification of each piece of information, but regardless, you're expected to treat all such information as classified. Finally, once you have a security clearance, it becomes your obligation to report any mishandling of classified information that you see other people engage in, either intentionally or not. So if someone even mistakenly puts classified information on an unclassified server, for example, you're criminally liable if you don't report it. Okay, so those are the rules for normal people. Now let's talk about someone at the top of the food chain, such as the Secretary of State. As Secretary of State, you are handling information at or close to the origin of that information. In other words, you are often handling information before its classification has taken place. That doesn't mean you can treat such information as if it's not classified. On the contrary, all of the information you handle should be treated as classified because you know at the very least it's extremely sensitive information and there is a strong chance that much of it will become classified by the owning agency. So even if no information you handle as Secretary of State is marked classified, it is very clear that all information related to your duties must be treated as classified, since you're often handling it before its classification level can even be assessed.
That is why you are required to use secure government systems, monitored and protected by teams of security experts for all of your work-related communications. This is obvious to anyone. So let's take a look at what Secretary Clinton did as now verified by FBI Director Comey. Point number one, she used a private email server with comparatively little to no security instead of a government secured system. We're not talking about some junior Lockheed Martin engineer putting some mildly confidential stuff on his home computer here. We're talking about the Secretary of State, and we're talking about her using a private email server in her bathroom for highly classified information. Can you imagine what a gold mine that is for foreign governments seeking to access that information? This alone is almost unbelievable to anyone who has ever held a clearance. I mean, there's absolutely no way you could remotely justify this and claim in any way that you're meeting your obligations with respect to handling classified information. Just using the private email server alone would qualify as intent to leak classified information. And remember, proving intent isn't even necessary here. Now, supposedly Clinton claims she had permission to use a private email server, but that just makes this even worse. First of all, why the hell would she ask permission to do something so incredibly careless? It's basically treason through either stupidity or passivity. And Hillary is not stupid. She's a well-educated lawyer. No honest person could claim that she didn't know exactly how grossly negligent and dangerous it was to use a private server for this purpose. But then she was granted permission? So other people knew about this and approved of it? That doesn't make it okay for her. It just means even more people broke the law here and, under normal circumstances, would likely all be facing jail time for not reporting this. So that's point one. Point two, by using a private server, Clinton gave herself control over the government's access to information. Aside from security, one of the reasons that you use government systems to store government correspondence is so that you can't hide things from, say, FBI criminal investigations. Also, they back it up so it can't get lost. Now, after all, you're a government employee handling classified information, so they have a right to back it up, they have a right to look at it, um, and you don't have a right to hide it. But Clinton used her own server to which the government did not have access, and then supposedly mixed personal and work emails together. This forced the State Department to ask for her emails that they normally would just have been able to access themselves. And how did she respond to this request? Well, she had her lawyers sift through her email, decide which ones were personal and which were work-related, and then they handed over 30,000 of them, claiming, yep, that's all of them. Does that process sound remotely reasonable to you? Hey, Bernie Madoff, would like to prove that you run a Ponzi scheme. Just send us over whatever emails you think are relevant, would you? Come on. Point three. So she's got her private email server, and questions arise about how she handled classified information. How does she respond? She tells us that nothing was classified. Of course, this is problematic for two reasons. First, she was the fucking Secretary of State. She's at or near the origin of information. She's obligated to treat information as classified because it may well end up classified when it filters down to the owning agencies, even if it wasn't marked as classified when she had it. 
In fact, the FBI now reports that about 2,000 emails fell into this category. They became classified as they trickled down through the system. Second, she outright lied. According to the FBI, at least 110 emails were classified at the time they were sent. So not only has she moved information to a private unsecure server that she completely controls, but now she's lied about the existence of classified emails on that server. You can't make this shit up. Point four. Remember those 30,000 emails she turned over? All of them, she said. Yeah, of course it turns out that was also a lie. According to the FBI, there were several thousand work-related emails that they uncovered that were not turned over. And those are just the ones they found. So heap one more lie on there. Each lie, I remind you, is a lie to an agency investigating a federal crime, possibly treason, and is therefore a crime in and of itself. Point five. It's very likely that hostile actors gained access to the information on Hillary's servers. According to Comey, the FBI knows that hostile actors gained access to the servers of people communicating with Clinton, and they know that a wide variety of people knew she was using insecure, non-classified systems. They also said that, given the sophistication of the enemy, they would not expect to find direct evidence of a breach on Clinton's system, even if there was one. So let's be real here. She was the fucking Secretary of State. Do you think reading her emails would be a priority over, say, stealing credit cards from Target? Yeah. Realistically, it's almost 100% certain that her system was breached and that classified information was leaked. The summary here is that Hillary Clinton clearly broke the law. And not just a little bit. Massively. You could call it treason through intentional negligence. Even Director Comey called Clinton's behavior extremely careless. There is evidence to support a conclusion, he says, that any reasonable person in Secretary Clinton's position or in the position of those government employees with whom she was corresponding about these matters should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. There is evidence, Comey says, of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information. So there it is. Pretty obvious. Anyone would face criminal charges for this. Anyone. Well, almost anyone, but not Hillary Clinton. In fact, the FBI basically admitted this. To be clear, warned directly Director Comey, this is not to suggest that in similar circumstances, a person who engaged in this activity would face no consequences. To the contrary, those individuals are often subject to security or administrative sanctions. So the FBI found that she broke the law and can in no way be trusted to handle any sort of confidential information. And anyone with a shred of honesty and an IQ over 85 understands the severity of this and would find the idea of Hillary Clinton going on to become the president of the United States utterly revolting. This is not about Democrats versus Republicans. This matters beyond the current presidential election and whether one particular corrupt politician ends up in jail or not. Governments run fundamentally on the trust and consent of the governed, especially in cases like America in which those governed are well-armed and annually celebrate a revolution in which they overthrew unaccountable leadership 
less than 250 years ago. Yes, governments have police with guns that enforce laws to keep people in line, but governments that don't have the trust and respect of the general population don't generally survive for long. As distrust of a government deepens, not only do average citizens disregard and skirt the law more and more, but even those trusted to enforce it, police officers and soldiers, find themselves battling a certain apathy or even disgust when told to follow the orders of obviously corrupt leaders. The American establishment, and by that I mean not only the government itself, but the intertwined financial system, including the Federal Reserve, as well as the mainstream media, this establishment has been suffering from steadily declining public trust for decades. According to a recent Gallup poll, the percentage of Americans who trust the government always or most of the time has fallen from near 80% in the 1960s to under 20% today. The same is true for the belief that the government is fair, a drop from close to 80% to below 20 this decline is relatively consistent across generations. Trust in the media has similarly declined at a steady rate since about 1970, reaching an all-time low in 2015. Only 7% of Americans now report that they have a great deal of trust in the mainstream media. 7%. This is even lower than trust in financial institutions, which is, not surprisingly, quite low and clocked in at 11% last month. So to put things in perspective, satisfaction of citizens in China has gone from under 50% in 2002 to somewhere in the 90s in 2015. Completely the opposite. So even before the FBI chose to ignore Hillary Clinton's crime, while blatantly warning the rest of us that we better not try and get away with what she can get away with, Americans were losing trust in their government. And now this. Now we have a government agency admit publicly that the rules for the political class are different from those for the rest of us. What longer-term effect do you think that will have on society? How much lower can trust in the American government go? Because this certainly isn't going to increase trust. And where's the breaking point? At what point does society just fall apart? and its citizenry become openly hostile. 15%, 10%, 5%? And how much lower will the trust in the American government go when our debt becomes unserviceable and the inevitable financial trauma hits? How long can this corrupt, unaccountable government last? I don't know the answer. I wish I did so that I could prepare accordingly. But I don't. What I do know is that it can't last forever. <laughs>